Welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm Dave Cohen. And I'm James Carey. And this is episode number 181 of Sitcom Geeks. We're sort of deep into the hat-trick sitcom script writing competition and we thought we'd like to clarify a few uh, of the uh, issues. We've had a few questions and uh, we've got a few things that we uh, uh, want to talk about as well. So uh, shall we dive straight in, James? Let think? us dive straight <laughs> in and let's just be clear about what we want and what we don't want. There is uh, also running the BBC Writers' Room competition and this is jolly helpful for us. Uh, because they are looking for dramas and comedy dramas and we are looking for situation comedies which are particularly suitable to be watched you know multi-generational with a family um, mm. so that that is so if, if your script is suitable for us it's probably not suitable for them and if your script is suitable for them it's probably not suitable for us yeah, and we should explain. I was actually just thinking about this today because this is this is a uh, a subject that that we have talked about a lot on this podcast, but it isn't really something that's uh, out there. We we know that for the last sort of four or five years, uh, TV commissioners have been saying we want more comedy drama, we want more narrative, and then uh, and then they say, well, what do you mean by that? And their answer is invariably, mm, we're not sure really. I mean, if you or uh, whatever you want it to mean. Well, yeah. you're the writer. It's up yeah. to you. So, oh, thanks. When, when we see it, we'll know it. Yeah. And so, and, and so uh, James, you and I, we, we, we've tried to kind of navigate a course uh, through this, but no, we haven't really had a lot of help uh, from uh, commissioners or, or, or other people. So, uh, it, and it, it feels like um, this is a kind of almost a new development that when we went to Hattrick, uh, they said, "Oh, we don't want narrative," and I thought, "Oh, that's nice. That's a nice change." And now uh, I, I went to this meeting with the commissioners a few weeks ago, um, Channel Four and UK TV and Sky, and they all said, uh, "We want standalone sitcom." So um, I thought, "Oh, great. Well, that's what that's what we want on this." So very very simply, what this means is, uh, you know, a standalone sitcom means that you can watch a, an episode at any point from any series uh, and get within the first minute or so who the characters are, what the what the world is, what the whole thing's about. Whereas uh, a comedy Dad's drama... Dad's Army, Faulty Towers, yeah. you know, the, the, I, I don't know what series one and what series two of Faulty Towers. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what what's ep what episode of are you being served is what mm. occasionally there's a cast member change and so you can tell from mm. that but again the first six series of friends you know apart mm. from the haircuts they're pretty interchangeable <laughs> yeah. and there are some oh are ross and rachel together in this series but overall it's just mm. you know shuffle the order each episode is has a beginning and a middle and an end and they pretty much end up pretty much where they started Mm. That is the situation comedy formula, um, and that is what we in this competition are after. Is that yeah. right, Dave? I think uh, that's right. And I, um, there are even within that, people are asking questions and saying, "Well, what do you mean that absolutely nothing can change from the start of episode one to the end of episode six? And you know, inevitably, uh, if if we look at a sitcom. Uh, like a series of six episodes uh, as a, a year in kind of real time, which, you know, generally if you've got a successful sitcom up and running, it will come back once a year. Then, yeah, you can say, well, you know, over a year, I guess we're, we're slightly different people at the end of the year to what we were at the start. Uh, and also this is comedy and it's a little bit exaggerated so we can be you know slightly more a little, a little bit slightly more than that uh i mean you mentioned dad's army there and uh, and actually um you know 1945 <laughs> was a very different place to 1939 so um you could you sort of get a sense that you know, where where are we in terms of the war but then you kind of don't really get a sense i suppose either of that so yeah so it's it's just it's not as important as the characters stay the same they don't learn from their mistakes uh yeah. whatever else is going on around them it is all about the characters mm -hmm. and when people talk about story arcs 
um, and they get very itchy and they, they've got this big long story planned that's great that's not a sitcom I'm, I'm now prepared to say that that's not a sitcom uh, because when the writer in question talks about it you can tell that they're kind of more interested in the story than the characters and that's fine that, that's great the good, good storytelling has a strong story um, but it feels like that should either be a novel it should be a movie it should be a comedy drama a box set um, it should be you know there's a whole load of different things it should be but a situation comedy is about the characters and every episode to some extent is a different expression of the same idea at the heart of the episode and, and in some episodes it's really in some sitcoms it's really clear like the Goldbergs you know it's all about the smothering love of a Jewish mother Beverly Goldberg and her kids um, and you know and in other episodes it's a little bit more um, uh, sort of well well disguised and there's a greater variety between the episodes but they're all kind of you know modern family or whatever but they're all kind of the same and that's a good mm. thing people people like that so I think occasionally um, writers lose their nerve and assume they've got to inject this story to keep things interesting and actually we're more interested in the characters and the story and the story is what is needed for the characters to be interesting and funny and I think that's also um, part part of where the confusion comes is that I, I, I see this uh, quite a lot with, with um, newer writers um, and, and, and actually something that I do myself sometimes if I'm not careful which is that uh, you think oh if I put this little funny little plot twist in here that's really going to complicate things and it does but then it sort of complicates other things more and you start to go from thinking what will the character do to get out of this to thinking now this little weird plot twist is going to give me another little weird plot twist it's going to take me further down this funny plot twist uh, rabbit mm. hole which is kind of also a way of saying i'm not sure i'm not sure enough about what my character is my character isn't yet strongly enough mm. comedic to uh to, to kind of respond to that story and again this mm. comes back to the thing that uh, remember john vorhouse was talking about he said for, for him he's a sort of extreme version of this he creates character by literally sticking them in the situation and saying right my character will do this because this is the character that i'm trying to create i mean that, that for me is almost too extreme but you really need to know how your character is going to respond to the situation and it's them making the plot more complicated not you the writer twisting the plot because you're getting further away from the essence of what your uh, of the thing that makes your character funny. Yeah, and th and those plots often end up being the and then and then and then plots. And mm. you know, when we did a workshop on this a while ago, and we got people to pitch their plots, they kept on saying stuff that was happening rather than a series of events that the characters were were doing. A series of actions, this and therefore this, and so they have to do this, and therefore she now has to do this. Mm. And now she's stuck with this, and to get out of that, she now has to do this. As opposed to, oh, and then so-and-so turns up and says this and does that. And then somebody else comes along, and then that's the day that, um, that the fire service are testing their alarms, and so this. And so your, your character is now just reacting to story rather than being the story. So we want situation comedies. Uh, that's what we and Hattrick uh, want. So please send us those. And if if there's lots of stuff in the episode in in the episode you're sending us, which is like, oh well, that's all going to be resolved in episode two, then we we don't want that. He says abruptly. No. Um, so uh, too abrupt, Dave. <laughs> well, that's okay. <laughs> no, that, not not at all, because actually that kind of leads us a little bit into our first. Uh, first set of first tranche of questions I would say uh, in fact I was thinking at one stage when we were asking for questions we uh, we we uh, got a few questions from one person uh, on Facebook Andy Wilcox uh, I was I was said to him I was thinking of calling this the Andy Wilcox show because uh, he's asked us so many questions mm. which is great we love questions you know don't be afraid to ask questions we do too late for this episode of course but uh, you know, that's yes. um, uh, if you don't ask, you don't know. Um, so there's yeah. a lot of so uh, you can and you can you can email us questions anytime. Yeah. Um, sitcom geeks, sitcom geeks at gmail.com. 
uh, or we also that? are on Facebook and we're on Twitter. So you can send us a question and we might do an episode on it. So you can ask us a question anytime you like. Um, yeah. And we're always, you know, this is episode 181. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're always looking around for, for things we've not talked about before or things that none feel different from when we talked about them two years ago. So uh, so do do send us your questions uh, okay. via email, Facebook or Twitter. But Dave, kick us off. OK, uh, we'll rattle through these because there's quite a few uh, here. So um, all very interesting ones. The first one uh, says, uh, should we attach anything to give a bio on the characters? Uh, any in, any other information? James, yeah. what would you say about that? We also had that on Twitter as well from uh, My Sitcom yeah. Life said, how much info, info to include on the title page? Um, I, I'm In general, I would say none other than you know the basic details the name of the script and um there are some stipulations about what to put on the front for this particular competition because we're trying to read the scripts blind aren't we so we don't yeah. we don't know who's written what yeah um but in terms of character bios and that kind of stuff it really should be in the script uh you you, you shouldn't be telling us ahead of time who the characters are because that should that that's the the job of a pilot script is to introduce us to the characters in the actual script itself the first time we meet a character you could put in brackets a couple of adjectives about them or something but again it really should be obvious from what they're saying doing wearing carrying mm. what is their first line all of those things uh, who this person is mm. um so i think I, I think it does really help though if you say uh, you know kind of um Brian brackets forties slovenly sarcastic. Yeah. Um, that's that's three words of your five thousand or however many words yeah. you have. That's 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 okay. Tells us plenty. That you yeah. know we we get everything from from that. Um, yeah, you know I mean um, to, a, a character I talk about a lot. You know Phil Phil Dunphy. How would you describe Phil Dunphy? Phil Dunphy forties uh, uh, all American dad. That does it yeah. for me, doesn't it? Uh, I think something like that. Enough. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's how you get your character information uh, through to us, and um, you know, as as James then says, well, the lines then, you know, if you put forties slovenly sarcastic, um, and he's not sarcastic for the first five yeah. pages, then we're a bit confused. But uh, we just see a line. He says, "Oh, that's a nice dress you're wearing there, Sharon." Mm. Um, and we already know he's sarcastic, so we we sense that he doesn't think her dress is very nice. So mm. that it, it, it's it's not that it's not that difficult, really. I think. Yeah. So. Um... You, you really shouldn't be attaching any extra information to the title page because um, it should be obvious from the script. But yeah, if you want to do that, that's fine. Mm -hmm. And then he's saying he's just double checking. We don't put our name or contact details on the script. It seems scary <laughs> to do this. Uh, and we'll come on to maybe why in a minute. But do you want to just clarify uh, what, what that is, Dave? Well, I th um, it, it, it does seem scary. It does sound scary. But um, this is the British Comedy Guide. And they are, uh, they're, 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 you know, they're, they're They've been doing this a long time now, and um, you know they they've been running a lot of competitions, and this, mm. this is how they do things. And uh, we we kind of trust them that they, they they sort of know what they're doing with it. It definitely, I mean, it it it, it certainly helps us to not know uh, who they come from or where they've come from. Um, but I think you know the way that uh, when when we've been talking to a British comedy guide about how to set it up they've kind of made it very clear um, that you know they uh, I mean it's, it's partly um, issues of a, a sort of GDPR and, and you know kind of having having private information held in this in one place and that's the that, that's the sort of good aspect of it is that it's they, that information is just held in in one single place and so um, yeah, it, it works from that point of view as well. So that's uh, 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 and we've we've did a, we've done a couple of competitions with them before, um, with with um, scripts coming through, and yeah. you know it's not been any uh, there's not been any issue. Yeah, uh, in that sense. so they they log it. Um, I'm just trying to find where exactly the uh, competition details are. But if you just go to comedy.co.uk um, and have a click around there, look yeah. in the show notes. There'll be a link in the show notes. Uh, yeah. to uh, to the terms and conditions and all that kind of stuff uh, mm. and and what to do yeah and um to go but to the next question uh from andy which which 
ties into the first one really about um, uh, adding uh, extra information. Uh, should we attach an outline of future episodes uh, to show it's not a one-off? So uh, part A, should we attach an outline of future episodes? No. Uh, no. Part B, to show it's not a one-off, the answers to that should be in the script. It should be mm. a standalone script. We should be able to tell it's not a one-off. Um, if it's a one-off, the characters will grow and learn three quarters of the way through and uh, everyone will live happily ever after. And yeah. that'll be the end. Uh, you know, David Brent in the final episode, the Christmas episode of The Office, will uh, suddenly realise that everybody's laughing at him. Um, at which point he ceases to exist as a sitcom character. Um, two minutes later, The Office finishes forever, at least until the ten years later when <laughs> they uh, need to do a kind of Ten years on episode. Yeah. So if you um, go to, I've just looked up here, if you go to comedy.co.uk forward slash pro forward slash opportunities forward slash hat trick, or if you just frankly Google sitcom geeks hat trick competition, uh, then it'll come out top. And you, all you need to do, it's free to enter, but you do need to register with the website. And then that way they've got your email address. You've registered it. They know how to handle stuff. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So, and again, going back to what you were saying there, Dave, just to prove that there are future episodes, it's like what what your episode should be doing is giving us a sense of what future episodes will be like. So, in a way, your episode is in itself a demonstration of these are the kinds of things that will happen. And so, therefore, if you have a a midlife crisis episode where somebody's working um, in a bank and then on page twenty seven they quit and decide to go and buy a boat and sail around the world, episode two is the beginning of their journey around the world. It's like, uh, okay, uh, you should probably start with them buying the boat and learning how to sail because every episode is them trying to sail a boat. So we've got a whole load of characters in the situation in a bank that we're never going to see again. So again, in a sitcom, your episodes are kind of the same. So you want to, to show that. Um, you need to have done the work, as it were, to know that you've got 6, 10, 15, 30 episode ideas. Um, and yeah, so, so that, that, but th there's a sense in which you do, sometimes you read a script and you go, you've kind of told a story here and I don't really get any sense of what future episodes will be like. Uh, so uh, that, that's something to bear in mind. It's probably too late to do anything about it, but um, I merely mentioned that. I think one of the other reasons, Dave, on an, another question um, about, I don't like not putting my name and address on the script is, mm. um, uh, Andy says, uh, sorry to ask two such fine, upstanding gents. I think a lot of new writers will be thinking this. What's to stop a judge reading a script, rejecting it, and then pitching that idea as their own a few months later or, or nicking some gags? Sorry to ask this, but I'm sure a lot of us are rather cynical. Um, what do you say to that, Dave? Are you going to steal people's ideas? <sighs> Uh, oh, that's a great idea. I hadn't <laughs> thought of that. Um, I yes, feel that. I'm, yeah. I'm going to write that sitcom. Um, it's uh, it doesn't a it doesn't happen. Uh, b uh, it does happen that lots of people get the same idea at the same time. Um, uh, there's uh, we've already mentioned the office um, and um, the uh, the next show that Ricky Gervais did was uh, extras, and that came uh, after. Uh, Omidja Lily had been spending the previous three years putting together an idea and a script and a pilot and he was all set to go about, uh, he had this whole great uh, comedy mm. idea um, about uh, extras and uh, you know this is this is Omid in around about whenever it was 2006 2007 we're not talking mm. about an up-and-coming guy we're talking about a guy who's you know kind of on the verge of having his own BBC one series yeah um, and all that years of work that he put into that uh, Ricky Gervais, The Office, huge hit. What are you going to do next? Mm, don't know. <laughs> do a show about extras. Um, okay, commissioned. Um, yeah. So you know that kind of thing. That that that's an, that's a not uncommon story. Yeah. Um, and, and there so, are thousands of scripts around. Mm. So in a way, if your idea shows up somewhere, uh, then it's just. And frankly, even if it is stolen, which it won't be, um, mm. but even if it is, there's nothing you can do about it. So don't not send it because of this very, very small chance of something happening that you can't do anything about. But there's a reason why that 
this is not something to worry about. And that's because what are they actually looking for? They're not looking for that one magic idea that no one's done before. It's not a secret formula. It's not a vaccination that you've spent two billion pounds worth of research and development like a pharmaceutical company on this magic formula. It's, it's you that they're looking mm -hmm. for. It's the writer that they're looking for. They're looking for a writer, an attitude, an idea, a voice, an expression of all of those things. And the prospect of six, 12, 15, 30 more of these episodes. So just literally taking this idea off someone and giving it to someone else is you've already cut it off at the knees because the script needs to be integral to, to you and who you are and what you're bringing to this. Mm. And that also therefore makes the point of the scripts that we're looking for that I think are being looked for now and will be looked for in 2022, 23, 24, are those authored interesting perspectives whereby it's obvious that the person that's writing it is really passionate about it and taking it off them and giving it to somebody else is, is nuts. Mm. Uh, doesn't make any sense. I think that's probably fair, isn't it, Dave? Yeah, and I think, and in fact, uh, Hattrick uh, emphasises, you know, we've had a lot of uh, back and forth emails with the script development team at Hattrick, who are a pretty pretty sharp bunch, actually, uh, pretty good, and they, they, you know, they've been really helpful, and we've been putting out a few blogs and things, and they've uh, come back to us, and, and in fact, one particular point they picked up on where we were uh, talking about we, 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 we said something in a blog about, you know, maybe think about uh, casting, you know, that might help you when you're writing to, to have a person in mind. And, and we got a thing back saying, by the way, don't worry about casting, don't worry about how brilliantly, you know, we're not so much even looking for the perfect script as we're looking for the writer, we're looking for the voice. Don't worry if they're not experienced you know, we're here. We 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 know we can do all that stuff. Uh, casting, helping with rewriting, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, that's uh, that's 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 our job. That's the hat trick job. Um, and um, you know, you just worry about writing your best script possible. Um, as James says, it does it does happen. And you know, I spent many years uh, working on behalf of the Writers Guild voluntarily, and um, often people came to me and said I've had this idea and it's been nicked will you go and you will you do something about it and the first four or five times when I was young and naive and didn't know enough I would go and I would try and do something about it and each time I would find out that actually well it turns out this other idea had been in development years before or or something else or uh you know that uh, the person had been working with another writer and they developed it so you know it's just it's the same as how do I copyright my ideas, which is another question that I used to get asked a lot. Well, you know, it is very hard uh, to copyright your, uh, well, you, you, you can post yourself a script or something, but actually, um, you know, the, the, the ideas are not the problem. It's the execution. Hmm. So. It's all in the execution, uh, in the words of Charles I. Um, so... So, yeah, so hopefully that's allayed people, but also makes the point that the writer and the script should be integral to each other rather than just a, I've cracked the magic formula. Oh, I don't want to tell you the idea because it'll, because then you might steal it. It's like, mm. that's not, that's not really it. Um, I've so, written the funniest joke ever in the history of joke writing. Um, yeah. We all think that <laughs> quite, quite frequently. Um, yeah, okay. So shall we? Uh, shall we? We'll finish uh, Andy's final question uh, then, which I think is quite an interesting uh, one, and it's about uh, should we write COVID into the script? Uh, I don't mean as a storyline. Should it crop up? People wearing masks, the everydayness that it seems to be, or does the sitcom world prefer it not to exist as the rest of us do? Um, James, what would you say? I would say that entirely depends on you, your idea, and the characters and the world that you're creating. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't avoid it like the plague. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't say no. No one wants to hear about that. But if you've got a character who is sort of really risk averse and wears three masks permanently, um, then that's telling us something about them, and that's quite helpful. Um, 
<laughs> he says, <coughs> talking about the plague, suddenly Sneeze. overcome, yeah. sneezing, <laughs> drops down dead, slump. Right on cue there, Joe. Right on cue. Um, so I, I think it's, if you want it to exist in your world, then great. If you don't, then don't. Uh, but I, I wouldn't say that it's definitely yes or it's definitely no. I would say it depends on you, your characters, and what you want to write. Um, I think if it's pretending that things are now as they were a year and a half ago, and they obviously weren't, that's fine. It could be set at that exact moment of lockdown, I suppose. Uh, there could be references to it in terms of like, you know, someone just say, you know, there could be a joke about, oh, let me, you know, well, you're the kind of person who did X in lockdown or, you know, this is the person who during the whole of lockdown uh, did the following funny thing that demonstrates character and is also a joke. I think those sort of references are probably fine. Um, but if you don't want to do them, then don't do yeah. them. I did uh, just from my own experience last year. Well, I say last year, this this year, uh, I, earlier this year, I wrote a, a sitcom. I came up with a, a new idea um, and it hadn't, crossed my mind at the start of it that I would mention COVID um, but part of the idea was was uh, involved a character um, of a certain age starting out on a new life and as it came to the right as it came to me developing it and the writing of the script that felt like a few phrases that I could put in there that that, that resonated it was like well you know this this is the moment you know the, like everyone this big this moment was a moment for me to go oh right okay i'm gonna make uh you know this, my life has suddenly changed you know all our lives suddenly changed we all you know the world stopped and lots of people thought okay this is my moment to do x or y and i didn't i didn't make covid the the be all and end all but i acknowledged that it was out there and it kind of gave it, it felt for me that it gave the scripts it, it brought it a little bit more into the present without kind of you know um again to use another uh a testing analogy here so without sort of ramming it down your throat um god i hate that bit with the test um but uh, yeah so um so yeah it, it, don't don't force it don't force it in there but yeah. but think about how it has affected us you know in the last two years or whatever yeah um, next question I got on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Sitcom yeah. Geek, uh, at Sitcom Geek on Twitter, if you want to follow me there. And I said, I'm doing the podcast at four o'clock. Got any questions? This one came in, someone saying, how important is fade in, fade out, cut to, and all those little things? Again, I would say um, that partly depends on you, but just keep it super simple. We, de we don't... I kind of always try to provide, advise people against trying to direct everything on the page. Fade in slowly, pan across uh, this and that. We're listening to this track of music and then this happens and we see this and from this point of view we see this and then we cut. And nobody's said or done anything yet. Mm. And so it's just like, oh, okay, a cinematographer has written a script <laughs> uh, or someone's written a script not realising that they're not a writer but a cinematographer. Um, so you know a script is a document of of a movie uh, you know of a of a sitcom to to get the thing written and you know it's a blueprint so don't get carried away so if you want it to fade then fade if you don't if you want it to cut abruptly to something then cut if you if the scene just ends and the next scene starts it's kind of fine mm -hmm. um again with you know it's not going to make the difference on whether the idea or the, the script is good or not that it that, you know that it says fade out rather than cut to or mm. doesn't say either but equally i just want to warn against being overly fussy about all of the um what we're seeing from what angle and how fast we're panning and the exact track and mix and arrangement uh, that we're listening to um so you know just just focus on economically telling us the story and be as sparing about the action lines and how and, and what we're told as you are about the dialogue so that you're you're it's it's as important people really don't like reading action lines there's something about it which is the moment it's not someone talking the lines are harder to read so be as efficient as possible on that but do make sure that every scene starts with you know interior living room uh, day 
or and you know time of day or however exactly you want to set it up and i do say interior living room day or whatever because we don't want radio scripts much as i love radio we are after tv scripts so if you've got a radio script don't send it as a radio script turn it into a tv script please and make it visual a bit more visual uh, but uh, but that's what I would say to that. Have I missed anything there, Dave? Um, no, I think that's right. And I think, you know, be, be aware. Just think about this script being read uh, by someone and, uh, who isn't necessarily... I mean, we're reading the scripts, but, but if you... Uh, you, you want someone to read it. You you know they, they you want as much as possible uh, for them to kind of understand what's happening. I mean, when I see the phrase "cut to" in comedy terms, um, I'm always thinking of the uh, I can't remember what the the, the, the the phrase is, but we've we've talked about it. Sort of the, the, there's this the, sort of comedy writing the bicycle cut. jargon. The bicycle cut. That's right. You'll yeah. never find me. End of the scene. It says you'll never find me uh, going on one of those bicycles cut to man on yeah. bicycle the next scene yeah. you know you'll yeah. never find me I'm, you know, I'm never going to your sister-in-law's for Christmas cut to interior happy Christmas everyone yes. yeah. Yeah. happy yeah. Christmas sister-in-law um, yeah. so you kind Cause, of because that's how people talk isn't it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that that's probably the only reason that you'd want to use cut to anyway in a comedy script and by at which point you would not use it because we've already got cut to in our head and we'll also, you know, it's a legitimate thing. People do it in scripts, uh, but it doesn't need the cut to. And, you know, fade in, fade out, they are their cinematic uh, instructions rather than... Uh, and, and generally, cinematic instructions yeah. don't matter. They, they matter more, they probably matter more if you're writing that comedy drama that you're not writing for us, but you're writing for BBC Writers' Room. They might... They might matter, but yeah. not for us. Um, so we've got some more, uh, a few more uh, Twitter questions, and uh, we've got from uh, Moses and Poser uh, Sebandike. Uh, Sebandike is uh, he asks, and I wasn't, I was slightly not sure what this question meant. He said, "Any advice writing one around a nine to five? And I wasn't sure if he meant uh, an office sitcom or did yeah. he mean when you've got a nine to five job well we can we can answer both those questions yeah um and in fact Anne-Marie Eels who um went for the second uh uh one she actually responded with some quite good suggestions how yeah. do you how do you write uh, a sitcom when you're doing a job day job uh and um she suggests um get up early Spend an hour writing before the day starts. Your mind's likely to be clearer after sleeping and you'll talk yourself out of writing after work when you're tired and brain melting from stress. Uh, mm. Remove any ritual or routine you have around writing. Keep it simple. Very nice. Very good advice. Anything to, to add to that, James? Yes. On Twitter, uh, Moses actually liked that advice and gave ah. it a tart. So I think that's what he meant. I think that's good advice. If you're trying to hit the deadline for this... I was going to say an hour writing before the day starts. An hour is a long time, but actually it may be that you do need to spend an hour doing it if you're going to hit hit the deadline. The window is already open and it will close in early January. So you do want to you know, get as much time as you can. But I think first thing in the morning is good. If you know you can work in your lunch hour, then maybe your lunch hour is the time to do it. Uh, or if you can work at night. I used to be able to work late into the night. I can't anymore because uh, I'm 46 um, and I can't even stay up watching cricket for the ashes you know uh, so well what hope is there but I can get up early so I think whatever works for you do it but then just go it's for a limited season I'm going to do it you know 12 days in a row and I'm going to take a day off on the seventh day on the seventh day uh, shall you rest um, and uh, but I'm just going to give it a, a good go um, because, you know, th this is a good opportunity. We don't know what competitions are going to be on next year. Uh, so make the most of it. But doing something regular and maybe to say, I'm going to spend one day of the weekend. I'm going to spend the whole of Saturday on this too. Um, and it may mean saying to someone, I can't do that thing, which we normally do on that day. And th this is the reason and it really matters to me. And they'll be, they'll be fine with it. So you, you will probably have to stop doing something else for a season, for a short period of time in order to do it. Um, but I'm aware that it is a huge uh, you know, brain um, brain melt. Uh, on that, if you want to, um, 
if you want a bit of help in how to get it all in the right order, um, I've done a thing called uh, Supercharge Your Sitcom. If you go to my um, blog, uh, sitcomgeek.blogspot.com, uh, then on the first post you'll see there, there's a thing that says Sitcom Supercharged, um, which also comes with it's uh, five videos, fairly punchy, me talking you through a whole load of stuff that you sort of probably half know already, but there's like a, a checklist of stuff to do in the right order and how long these things actually take. Um, so that might be useful. So do, do go and have a look at that uh, if you think uh, that might be helpful. Yeah. Okay. And then um, to quickly mention about the, uh, you know, the idea of doing an office sitcom, which, okay, Moses didn't mean that. But um, again, this comes comes back to, uh, it's, it's worth emphasising because this is what Hattrick said, and it does distinguish our competition from the BBC Writers Room competition. Um, kind of, I suppose, in some ways, you know, offices uh, are a thing of the past. But uh, you know, a workplace sitcom um, is exactly the sort of thing um, that would have been made. And you know, there, there are new workplaces. There are new ways that people are working in workplaces. So um, it it's sort of the kind of thing we are looking for we're looking for a bunch of people who are stuck together in the mm. same uh, in the same place and they're going to come back week in week out day in day out um, and be the same people and their characters are going to rub together and create great comedy as yep. uh, you know dinner ladies the office or uh, Colin sandwich that's another one not mentioned wow. very often but I love that one Colin um, sandwich the yeah. Mel Smith sitcom yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, good, very good, that. Um, so, But also, what you can do is go and listen to episode 178 called Where in the World is My Sitcom? And we spend the whole episode talking about the pros and cons of setting your sitcom at work, at home, in outer space, or the land of the fairies. So uh, go and have a uh, yeah. listen to that for a more fulsome answer. Uh, we talk about the workplace uh, towards the end of that episode. I think we sort of do history and fantasy worlds and sci-fi at the start yeah. and um and then do sort of families and workplaces right another question here is how many characters can realistically be set up in a pilot you know and this person says that they've got a couple of leads and a supporting gang i think that's fine i think it, what what you need to establish is just who is the sitcom about and we need to get a sense of the overall balance of this sitcom so if there are two lead characters if it's about a brother and a sister they will need to dominate the main story and the other characters will need to come into that story. Uh, so, you know, there could easily be brother, sister and a third person involved in that main story. And then there could be a plot involving two or three other characters in, in you know, for a B plot and a little running joke with maybe another or two other characters as well. So you can probably have seven, eight, nine characters if you wanted. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a large amount to juggle. But you have to be super efficient setting them up and you have to have absolutely nothing extraneous. But what the upside of that is, it means that you then don't have room for characters we're never going to see again. So just make sure that everyone in your pilot script is significant. And if they're not significant, it should be really obvious that they are just literally a customer in the shop we're never going to see again, a bystander in the street uh, who's going to point at something and not really do much else or say much else. So I just think you need to own every single line of dialogue on your sitcom and make sure it's working for one of your characters. And if you do that, you can probably set up more characters than you think you can, but just make it super clear who this script is about, who this sitcom is about. Make sure they are front and center. And if there are some peripheral characters and you don't need them in the first episode, then maybe you don't need them at all. Yeah, and bear in mind as well. You know, we will read the the, the the whole script when we like it, but we are mostly we're we're reading the first ten pages, and nothing uh, makes our life harder than having six, seven, eight people in the first four or five pages. Um, and it is hard. Yeah, it's in that first scene yeah. when suddenly they're. You've got Mildred, Mike, and Marvin <laughs> all having a conversation. And Martin. And Martin. And it's like, okay, who's who are all these people? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and people keep coming and going, and the first scene often ends up being seven or eight pages, and at the end of it, you're really none the wiser. Mm. Um, so, yeah. it's, it's it is brutal. You, you you're trying to you know 
spin nine plates immediately and simultaneously. Um, but bear in mind that no one asked you to do this. Uh, you, you, this, this is on you. You wanted to do it, and so therefore we're just telling you what you need to do. Yeah. Um, so um, I, I would say if you do have a few characters, uh, then and you know, unless there's absolutely no way around it at all of not, of having them all in that opening scene, at least at least try and have like a scene at the beginning that where you've got your minimum two or maybe three characters and you we know very clearly who they are and then when the next scene comes and there's some more characters okay all right these are more characters but i'm not having to refer back and go oh mm. was that the person in page in there so yeah. just just be be aware of 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 us <laughs> as yeah. well and what we're what we're going through uh, with that um so let's see we've just got to actually we go, go back because there's a couple there's a question we had from uh dan swerit of uh, of this parish in fact mm -hmm. uh dan has asked a question which is uh what percentage of your time should be spent writing your script and what percentage rewriting oh that's Ooh. a good question what do you mm. think dave i uh i was thinking about this again thinking in terms of what uh, the hat trick uh, gang had said about um, you know don't don't worry too much about the, the the absolute intricacies of the script you know it's the voice we're looking for um, and it, it is um, you know if you're kind of reaching a point uh, if if you if you're rewriting what what I would say is. Um, um, I just happen to have been running a, a rewriting course for the last few weeks, and um, it's not—it's a very difficult thing to do because every script is different. Um, but what what I suggest you do is, if you can possibly leave yourself a week, um, uh, oh, it, it's it's getting close to, to the deadline. But but certainly give yourself a, a, an amount of time that you can step aside from the script. For a day or so and come back to it and uh, read it very quickly after you've uh, written the, mm. the, the first draft uh, and then go back to it and give yourself uh, so read it very quickly and then give yourself straight away give yourself marks out of 10 how how, how good are the jokes how good are the characters how good's the plot how good's the world um, that's just kind of do that almost without thinking and then have a look at it and actually you know hopefully that kind of not engaging your brain will have over override the um part of you that goes oh that's all right that's okay um you may find you know there's there's some very bad problems with the script and that might be really frustrating and annoying but hey you know as james says you won't decided to try and do it, and it might you might find the whole thing unravels, which is a very uh, unhappy thing yeah. to happen. Or you might just think this is just isn't, it's not as good, or you know yeah. the rewrite has made it worse or whatever. So it's a kind of almost impossible question to answer. But I would say leave leave a space, come back to it, read it very quickly, and then come back uh, and and read it slowly through and see actually. This is too much plot here. Uh, actually, this character wouldn't do that. Mm. Uh, actually, I'm not sure that the tension is mounting enough in this section. And uh, you know, just just try and kind of work those things through. But before you get to that stage, make sure you've got a you know, a strong your voice is is strong in kind of coming through that. Which again, that's like a whole. We could have a whole episode talk about you know what is your voice, and we have done whole episodes on yeah. that. Yeah, again, I've covered that in the Supercharge sitcom. Uh, there's a whole session called Your Voice. Um, I would add to that that I think that cooling off period is important. It's worth trying to get a draft written so that you can spend as many days as you can without it, letting it st stick it in a proving drawer. Um, then you take it out and you I would suggest that you literally physically print it out or put it on a, as a PDF on a tablet and you read it in a way that you can't tinker with it at that moment just just read it through in 45 minutes half an hour an hour maybe mark up this doesn't work just literally just put squiggles in the margin 
oh, I hate that line. Ugh, you know, fix that. You know, um, wow, this scene won't end. Um, you know, just sort of mark those, and then just work out what what how could it be better. And if it's really veered off course, you're not happy with it. You might want to just sort of write a new outline of it and just go, okay, I had an outline of the script I was trying to write. What have I written? <laughs> this doesn't quite bear any relation. Can I spot where the problems are? It is hard to fix your script yourself because in a way you don't get any distance on it. It's like proofreading your own stuff. Uh, some people are really good at it. Most people are not very good at it. Um, so it may be that you could give the scripts to someone else to read, not for their notes, because they probably don't know how to give you notes. And they'll either say, it's brilliant when it's not, or they'll say, oh, I didn't like the so-and-so bit. But you could at least ask them, is it clear what's going on? You know, you could ask them uh, questions of clarification, like, you know, is it, can you tell what the show is about from what I've written? Because that voice, that show you're setting up is actually as important, especially in the case of this competition, as it is for the kind of the technical writing ability about whether your story has a beginning and a middle and an end. Um, so, you know, there, there are loads of things. I'm actually working on a document which won't be ready in time for this called 14 Common Problems with, with Scripts or 14 Problems with Your Script. Um, and there are ways of making it better, but actually, fundamentally, it's you've still got time to really work on the basic idea and make sure that it's that it's a decent script in your voice. And if it's not technically as brilliantly executed as it could be, well, that's a shame, but just make sure your voice is in it, um, I think is, is really, really crucial because, you know, we're, we're looking for writers as much as scripts, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, one, anything one, I missed there, Dave? No, I think uh, I agree with all of that. I think one thing you can do, uh, which is a slight cheat, and I don't even know why I'm telling you this because I'm going to be the one who's reading it, but, uh, you know, if nothing else, go back to those first 10 pages and make yeah. them just as good as they can possibly be. Because, yeah. um, you know, the, the, if, if we really like that first 10 pages, we're going to read the rest of the script. And if the rest of the script... You know the, the the extent to which the rest of the script does not live up to the first ten pages, um, maybe there may be maybe forgiven on the basis of mm. well I like that first ten pages so much I like that character so much at the beginning there that I'm prepared to kind of consider yeah. putting this in the in the uh, long list pile at this stage mm. and and you know to get because we we probably won't both read there's going to be a lot of scripts. Yeah. We probably won't both read every single script, but you know we'll kind of there'll be quite a lot of scripts I think where we'll go. That's a good ten pages there. I want yeah. James to read that as well. Yeah, you know. yeah, exactly. Uh, so the first ten pages are important, and this is an industry-wide thing. This isn't just us being mm. arbitrary because people do make up their minds. If and then I would say, really work on those first ten pages, and then work again even harder on the first three pages. Um, mm because you are making up your mind very, very quickly. And that's just human nature. Uh, it's very hard to keep an open mind when, if your first three pages have got typing errors, uh, the character who was called Stephanie um, is now called, you know, Stefan, um, or, uh, or there is a Stephanie and a Stefan, um, you know, there's, there are sort of serious layout problems it looks like this writer hasn't really paid attention to this. And um, so there are some pretty basic thing errors that you can leave in your first three pages, which really don't make your script look good. So I would say focus on, you know, once you've done the whole script, go back to the first 10 pages and then give the first three pages yet another going over um, because that, that first impression really is important. Um, there was something else I was going to say as well, uh, which will come to me in a moment well, oh yeah I, I was going to say I think it's hard to do more than three drafts on your own so I would say if you write the first draft that might take you say five days if you're doing you know a few hours a day if you've got a really strong outline that you're happy with the, the next draft you can probably do in probably two or three days because you have done an awful lot of the heavy lifting and then you want to check it again and maybe spend another day on it 
uh, or another few sessions on it, depending on you know how many sessions you can spend in a day. You know, if you're working nine to five, then it maybe you've only got one session first thing in the morning. But I think there comes a point where you probably can't see what the problems are, and you do need to send it off. But you can do an awful lot with it before you send it off. Um, mm. Giving it to a friend to proofread it would also be a good idea. Uh, so you're not asking for notes from that friend, but you are asking them to hoik out the typos um, and the, the sort of the errors. Uh, that, that would be well worth uh, doing too. Yeah. Is that all the questions, Dave? It is. Well, actually, there's just one last question, but it's sort of been covered. Major Tom Com from uh, Twitter. He says, because uh, I've already written a one page thing about the show. Currently, my mm. script has very little in the way of character description. Um, well, as we say, we've said how to get the character description in there, uh, but we're not really wanting to see a one page a pitch thing about a show. In fact, mm. we want to we don't want any one page pitches. Um, we want it all in there, all yep. in the script. So um, hopefully, I think that's a, yeah. I think that's everything now. Hopefully, we've covered as much as we can. And mm. um, so, um, thank you for those of you who've already sent your scripts. Um, and um, you know, we're really looking forward to seeing more. We we, we sense there's going to be a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, but I'm you know I'm kind of very excited about this. And uh, thank thank you. For doing all the work, um, yeah, and um, you know, good luck. We've got a couple of weeks uh, left after this when this uh, episode first goes out. Two, three weeks, I think. Um, mm. So you know, that's that, that that is still a good amount of time, um, providing you've got uh, time and energy, and you know, you're kind of heading in the right direction with your script. So thank thank you to all of you uh, for, for mm. joining us in doing this. Great. I'm really looking forward to reading them as well. I just want to see what people are actually writing. So make us laugh. Thank you very much, everybody. All the best. Cheerio then. Bye.